Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. feel such a liberty in my spirit and I'm so thankful for that and what God has been doing here at Lighthouse Church I mean it's just this morning seeing people either getting refilled or getting a touch from the Lord today I don't know about you but that just it does something for me when when I can help somebody get in contact with Jesus I think that's what we're here for am I right to help people in Apache Junction get in contact with Jesus. Is that right? That's right. Am I right? Good, good. Genesis 25, if you have your Bibles, Genesis 25. Brother John's going to come help me as you turn to Genesis chapter 25. So thankful for this this great man. I just feel so good in my spirit and and in the Holy Ghost today, man, i just so thankful for your pastor and first lady. They are just great people of God, and they've treated us so good. Good to see you, man. Love you. And uh, you guys are just such a great church. I mean, today we just had a good time in the Holy Ghost this morning, and on Wednesday we had such a good time in the Holy Ghost, and I just, I feel so good in the Holy Ghost today. I can't say Holy Ghost enough, I guess, but... Uh, man, it's just good. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Good. And I give honor to your pastor and first lady. And uh, Hallelujah. Genesis 25, verse 11. Genesis 25, verse 11. And uh, if you're there, say amen. If you're not, tell your neighbor they can look on the screen because they already got it there. Now, I do like using my Bible, physical Bible, too. That's just that's kind of the way I grew up, but... I'm not bashing people that you use iPads. I use them too. But Genesis 25 and verse 11, and it goes like this. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. God blessed his promise. God blessed Abraham's promise. His promise was Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well Lehorai. Now we're going to go to the next chapter. If you turn a page or look on the next page, just depending on what your Bible you got there. Genesis 26 verse 18 Genesis 26 and verse 18, it says this, And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines, and stopped them after the death of Abraham. The Philistines stopped up his father's wells, and he called their names after the names by which his father called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. That's, I'm telling you, that's something. All right, so I have a lot of scriptures. I'm not going to make you stand for all of them, but I do, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to I talk for a moment on this topic. Your promise has a need. Your promise has a need. You can put your Bibles down, and I want you to join with me and pray because I feel the Holy Ghost wants to do something in this house. Is it right if you join with me, Lord God? We're so thankful that you've given us this opportunity to come into your house and to feel your presence 
Lord God, I'm asking you, we would have your way in this house. Jesus, step into this room. If you want to mess up my sermon, Lord, you can mess up my sermon. If you want to interrupt what we're doing here, you can interrupt it, Lord. We'll make room for you, God. You can have your way. You can do what you want to do, Lord. It's not about me. It's about your will. It's about your presence. It's about your kingdom. So, Lord, I pray it from the bottom of my heart, not my will. But sure will be done in this house tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let your will be done. And all the people said in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and high five them. Say, your promise has a need. Your promise, it has a need. Your promise, your promise has, has a need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I grew up in church. I, I'm thankful that I'm not the reason why Gentry fell asleep, so I just feel better already. Just to put that in there, he fell asleep before I started preaching, just to qualify, all right? So I feel better, all right? We'll see how the rest of you are doing when I finish here. We're going to find out here. But I just want to put that in there. It wasn't me. He's reminding me of myself. I grew up in church sleeping under pews, so... Well, help us, Jesus. So whatever that means, I don't know. Don't judge him based off of me. I'll tell you that. Um, Genesis uh, chapter 25, 20. This is a very interesting story, and I would like to read chapters in Genesis to really dig into it. But I know that you, some people got to go to work tomorrow morning, so we might not be able to get there. But, but let, let me dig this out for just a moment, if you'll stay with me, because I know I have heard from God for somebody. I'll tell you that. Uh, you see, if you go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 11, you're going to find that after Abraham died, that, that his son Isaac, or his promise Isaac, went and lived, the Bible tells us, by a well called Lehorai. That's, that's about as good as I'm going to get who's not a Jew trying to pronounce a Hebrew word, just so you know, that's about as good as I'm going to get. But so I, I I went and uh, looked it up in the original text in Hebrew, that word, and it actually means this. The definition of that word, that well, the name of that well, is this. The well of the living one or the well of the living God. So really what happened here is that after Abraham died and passed off the scene, after Abraham dies, his, his promised son, his son, goes to the well of the living God. All right, I'm going to preach for just a moment on that, if that's all right. I didn't mean to wake you up, but listen to me. I, I, let me tell you, when, when you have a time of loss in your life and a time of struggle in your life, when, when everything seems like it's falling apart in your life, can I tell you about a well known as the well of the living God? It's right here at Lighthouse Church. You found the well of the living God. And if today you need some fresh water for your spirit, if today you need some river, of a living water, let me tell you about a well that you can come from that won't run dry, that doesn't go empty. This well is a strength for your soul. I'm talking about a well. It's right here. You found the well of the living God to refresh you in the time of loss. Can I get an amen from a couple elders? Have you ever had a season where there was some pain and there was some struggle, but you found a well that picks you up and refreshed your spirit and refreshed your... 
I wish I had two or three people that knew about a season in their life when they found a well that could that had everything that you needed. It's called the well of the living God. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. If you're here today and you're depressed and you're fighting anxiety, let me tell you about a well of the living God. I said he'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll place your feet back on the solid ground. When all around me is seeking sand, I can tell you about a well that never runs dry it'll put in me rivers of living water so I can go out in a desert and I can have everything I need I said it's the well of the living God and if we serve a living God we might need to act like we're alive but why you're so crazy well God, my God's alive. He rose out of that tomb. And so sometimes I just got to rise off my seat and, and testify about it because he lives inside of me. And so there's just something in me that's alive and moving. It's, I said it's living water. It's not dead water. It's not stagnant water. It's living water. That's what I got. And if you don't have it, you can have it. You came to the right well today. You made it. Look at your neighbor and say, you made it to the right well. <laughs> well I got to move on. I got to move on for time's sake. But you see, I believe why Isaac, after his father, our father Abraham and many sons, but I believe the reason why Isaac would go the scripture in the same scripture it says that Abraham died. It didn't go to a different scripture. Now I know that that's not how that was broken down. All right, I understand they had translators. I get it. All right, but but watch how they did this. Is that Abraham dies? The very next phrase is that his son Isaac goes to a well. Follow me here. Abraham passes off the scene. His promise goes to a well. Now, listen, I did a lot of research, a good amount of research on this well called Lehorai, all right? I read a bunch of commentators. The scriptures, do, I'm not trying to add to scripture by no means, all right? All the scholars in the house, just take a deep breath. I'm not trying to offend you, all right? But I did do a good amount of research on this well. I was trying to figure out who digged the well, trying to get some information about the well, Pastor Strader, and, and, and the Bible doesn't tell us who dug the well. But it does tell us, according to the chapter 26, that Abraham did dig wells. Now, if my daddy dies and he dug wells, I'm probably going to go to, if I go to any well at all after my dad dies, I'm probably going to go to a well that my daddy dug. Now, if your dad's not a well digger, that's all right. You're not going to go to a well. But if, if your dad dies and your dad dug wells, and if you decide to go to a well, I'm probably going to go to a well that my daddy dug. He was a well digger. Are you following me? So I'm not trying to add to scripture. I'm not trying to offend the theologians. Just calm down. All right, my Lord. Okay. But, but I'm not trying to offend nobody. But I'm just using some common sense. Is that all right? Can we do that? Can you just let me, a little, little leeway here for the preacher? All right. Is that I believe what happened is that Isaac knew where his daddy would go in a season of hard times. Isaac knew 
where his daddy went when he lost somebody and when he was going through different financial situations, Isaac saw his daddy go to the well of the living God. So he said, I know where I need to be at in a time of loss and in a time of struggle. Can I talk to some daddies and mamas? You better find a place with your child at the well of the living God. You better teach your child where the location is of the well of the living God because you may not always be here and there may come a season where your child needs to know about a well that doesn't run dry a wellspring of living water your your baby may need to know about a well when you're off the scene so you better make sure you spend some time walking your son to the well and saying baby this is this is the well of the living God when you have some difficult times I want you to know I may not always be here Isaac you need to know about a well I know there's other wells that are around the city but you need to know about this well this is the well of the living God we need to make sure that people know where the well's at I know we live in a desert but this well don't run dry even in a desert this well keeps running afresh and anew every day with fresh water and a fresh move of the spirit I said this well won't run dry on you I know you've went to some other wells with other people and you've had Maybe you've went to the well of relationship and maybe you've went to the well of alcohol and maybe you've went and those wells have left you dry and empty. But let me tell you about a well. I said it's the well of the living God. It'll never leave you dry or empty. It'll never, it just keeps pumping out fresh living water and you can drink and your spirit can be renewed. It's the will of the living God. Oh, why don't today, I wish some people today would take a fresh drink from the well and let your spirit be renewed. I wish some people today would just keep drinking from the well until everything gets washed out. All the pain, all the hurt gets washed away. It's the well of the living God. Hallelujah. And so we know in Genesis chapter 26, verse 18, and Isaac did again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. We know according to that chapter and verse, and also 21 verse 25, it says this, And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken from Abraham. We know according to Scripture that Abraham didn't just dig a well, but in fact many scholars would say he dug seven wells. Now, just so you know, they didn't have bobcats back in the Bible days, and they didn't, I don't know if you knew that. Is this a new revelation for somebody? They had shovels. Let me help you with it. Now, verse 32 of 21 says this, Thus they made a covenant in Beersheba. Abimelech and Abraham made a covenant over the well. Listen to what happened. Uh, Beersheba, then Abimelech rose up and... Phicol, I'm gonna, I probably butchered that, but just let's keep moving on. The chief captain of the, of the host, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Now, what's this telling us in verse 32? That Abraham dug wells in Beersheba. Well, that don't mean much to you, but let's dig into it just a little bit, all right? Beersheba is located on the northern edge of the Nevav Desert, 71 
miles southeast of Tel Aviv. Now, you may not know where that is. Maybe you do, but maybe you know this one. It's 75 miles southwest of Jerusalem. Anybody heard of Jerusalem? Abraham. He's in a desert. He's 75 to 85 years old in a desert. Now, I don't know why he's in a desert. Who in their right mind would go live in a desert? I don't understand. I don't know why Abraham's in a desert. He has to be half crazy just living in a desert, Brother Strader. <laughs> I, just done, I just ticked the whole church off in one statement. Just lost all of you. What's Abraham doing? He's in a desert. You know it gets hot in the desert? Anybody know that? You didn't know about it, did you? Let me tell you. It gets hot in the desert. Now, I'm getting to some of you. We're, we're, we're connecting here now. Gets a little warm. What's Abraham doing? He's in his golden years. What you doing out in the middle of it? They didn't have AC. I don't know if you knew that or not. They didn't have air conditioning. All right? Now, I know we got, we got our, our, our HVAC engineer in the back. Thank God for him. You know what I mean? Thank Jesus for him. All right? But, but they didn't have that in the desert in Abraham's time. All right? Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm not just talking. Stay with me. All right? Listen, Abraham's in a desert in his golden years, if you want to say that. So my question is, first of all, why are you living in a desert if you're that old? Don't got AC. All right, maybe he was a winter bird. What do they call those snowbirds? Yeah, okay, good. Hope I'm not messing anybody up right now. <laughs> okay, it doesn't say that in the Bible. Let's just, you know, we can step out on a ledge for just a moment. I don't know why. Okay, but he's in a desert. Okay, he's 75, 85 years old. Okay, fine, you're in a desert. What, stay under your tent, just relax, chill. But he doesn't. Now he's not only in a desert with no AC, and he's 75 to 85 years old, he goes and grabs a shovel. Who in their right mind, without air conditioning, is going to dig a, a well 85 years old with a shovel in a desert? Have anybody thought about this? Am I the only crazy guy that thinks about this stuff? Who in their right mind, with no air conditioning, no Teslas to get inside of and just chill? No, no, none of that. They didn't have it. He was just out there, 85, potentially 90 years old, digging wells in a desert. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Pastor Street. I'm just going to be honest with you. But, but what I found, let me help you with it. What I found is this. You see, God had talked to Abraham. Now, anybody know the promise of Abraham? And he, he said to Abraham, listen, Abraham, go on a walk with me for just a moment. You see, I'm going to give you a promise, Abraham, and your promise is going to be great. It's going to be big. It, in fact, it's going to be so big, it's going to be more than the stars of the sky. And it's going to be greater than the sand that he's in a desert, than the sand that's beneath your feet. It's going to be a big promise, Abraham. But you know what's interesting? I never see God tell Abraham to pick up a shovel in the desert. I never see God tell Abraham to start digging wells in the desert. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Listen to me. I can't find one location where God says, I gave you this promise. Now I want you to go dig wells. No, it didn't happen. He gave him a promise and God left. And when God left, Abraham picked up a shovel. <laughs> All right. Can I tell you, if you have a big promise, you better have a big shovel. The bigger the promise, the bigger your shovel better be. 
You see, Abraham was telling God with his actions, I don't just believe in what you're saying. I'm going to do something about what you're saying. See, Abraham, okay, the servants of Abraham probably thought he was about half out of his mind because he had already dug one well. See, all it would have taken to support Sarah and Abraham and his servants and his flocks would have been one well. He didn't have to dig seven wells. So I can see his servants looking at Abraham saying, you've lost your mind. Abraham, we don't got to dig another well. Calm down, man. Just chill. Take a, take a chill pill, man. You're going way too hard on this well thing. We only need one well. That's enough. That's enough. We don't need more. But Abraham said we're going to dig another well. You want to know why Abraham kept digging wells? Because he had a big promise. And he wanted to make sure that his promise would be sustained when he's no longer there. One well would have been enough. But it's not enough for a big promise. So I got to dig a second well. And I got to dig a third well. And I got to dig a fourth. Well, what are you doing? I got a big promise. If my promise is going to live past me, then I'm going to have to start digging wells. Abraham was telling God with his actions, I believe that the promise is going to come to pass. I believe that what you've given me will happen. Through his actions, he told God, I believe everything that you said. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. All the people taking notes, write this one down. All right. Expectation and preparation are the birthplace for the miraculous. I said expectation and preparation are the birthplace for the miraculous. Well, we're going to have 50 people get baptized today. Really, you don't even have a baptismal tank. Not here. I've been to some churches. Oh, no, no. We're going to have 5,000 people get baptized today. You don't even have a baptism. What do you mean you're going to have people get baptized? You didn't even take the time to go buy the $275 horse trough and put $5 worth of water into it so that you could be prepared when the miracle shows up. See, you didn't prepare for the miracle, so God ain't sending you the miracle. Can I talk to somebody? If you'll make sure you prepare for the miracle, don't be surprised when it shows up because God's looking for somebody that will dig a well in preparation of the miracle see Abraham didn't wait till the promise showed up to dig the well he dug the well and the promise showed up Paul said we're grafted into Abraham he's our spiritual father and so what Abraham was trying to tell us through scripture and through his action our spiritual father Abraham was trying to tell us if you want your promise you better be willing to grab a shovel and start working because the promise won't show up if you're not prepared the promise ain't just going to show up and knock your door down. You better have prepared for the promise. You better have expected for the promise. That's called faith. You better have believed that when you do the work, God's going to show up and fill the vessel. You better believe that God's going to honor his word. If you don't understand it yet, let me help you with it. Your promise has a need. You know what your promise needs more than anything else? It needs you to grab a shovel and start digging. Your promise needs more than anything else is for you to grab a shovel and say, I'm going to start digging until fresh water comes. And when the water comes, it's going to sustain my promise. See, I'm not getting to where I want to get. Let me help you with it. God's not going to send a babies to places where they'll be aborted. You might as well say amen because I know I'm right on that. 
I said, God's not going to send babies to places so that they get aborted. He's going to send babies to places that places that have prepared for them, that will nurture them, that will them, have prepared a place for them. God's not going to send babies to places where they'll be killed spiritually because they're not fed, because that environment wasn't prepared for them. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just right, so I'll amen myself. That's all right. But I'm telling you, that's that's the honest to God's truth is we have too many places, and I'm not preaching about here. I'm just trying to help somebody in the spirit, is that we have too many places that say we're going to have a great revival, but you know what's happened? They don't fast, and they don't do any prayers, and they don't, they don't even, they don't have a baptismal tank, and they don't do any outreach, and they don't love anybody, and they don't teach Bible, but we're going to have a, we're going to have a revival, Pastor. No, 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 that's not how it works. You better go buy a Bible study chart if you want to have a revival. You can't have a revival without a baptismal tank. You got to prepare and then expect that God's going to show up and the miraculous starts moving. I know I'm in the Holy Ghost because God's God's helping me right now because I know where I'm going in the spirit. I'm trying to help this every person in this building. We have to be in one mind and one accord to see the promise come to pass. (laughs) You see, uh, I I could go a lot of directions here. I can see Abraham's servant saying, hey, what are you doing, Abraham? What are you doing? Calm down. Why are you big another well, another well? Seven wells. That wasn't easy, by the way. Seven wells. No bobcats. None of this. No, 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 no. Seven wells. With these little shovels. That's what was happening. All right. That's, that's painful. What are you doing? You see, Abraham would look back at his servants, and I'll go ahead and put words in his mouth. Forgive me, all right? Abraham said, but, but one whale will not take care of my promise. One whale will not sustain the great promise that God's given to me, so I got to dig another well. All right, here we go. Abraham said, my promise is just too big for one whale. Won't be able to hold it. Pastor Strader, why are you wanting to dig a bigger well? Isn't this well? We all can fit in here. We we fit. 97 people this morning. You kind of had to shove some people to get in, but we fit. This well sustains. Hey, just just relax. Chill. Move the piano one inch at a time. Just chill. Just chill, bro. Hey, 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 you know what? Just just relax, you know. We'll get there one day. How many times have I heard that my whole life? I was born and raised. My dad pastors. My uncle pastors. My cousin, like, I have cousins that pastor preach. Okay, I've been this my whole life. My grandma passed. Okay. That, that doesn't really mean much, but I'll tell you, I've been around a little while, born and raised in this, all right? How many times have I heard, heard this phrase, one day? We'll do it one day. Just, you know, we move the piano so slow that one inch, you don't even have to put the camera in slow-mo to get slow motion footage. Am I helping anybody here? Baby, there is a world going to hell out there. We don't got time to sit around and wait for the piano to get to the other side of the platform. There's people going to hell. They need a church that's willing to love them, to reach them, to pray for them, to fast for them, to care for them. We need somebody that understands the value of loving and reaching and digging until souls are reached and loved. 
Why, Pastor? Why are you wanting to go get a bigger well? Because he's seen in the spirit that this well's not big enough for your promise. This well's not big enough for what God wants to send you. But how can God send you something that you're not prepared for? Pastor, why don't you just relax? We don't need daughter works. Hey, your pastor's seen in the spirit that we're going to need more than one well to be able to reach AJ. We're going to need more than one well to reach the promise that God's given. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. Somebody's going to have to dig. It's getting hard, Pastor. It's not easy. It's difficult out here. I'm breaking a sweat out here. It's hard, Pastor. It's why you're making us dig. You don't understand. You have a promise. And the only way your promise can be sustained, the only way your promise shows up is if you prepared before that promise came. Let me tell you, you better have spent some time making sure that it's ready or God won't send the promise. I said your promise has a need. It needs you to grab a hold of a shovel and start digging and start digging and start digging until the promise shows up. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. God's just prompted me. Listen to me, somebody. You know, you know what? Let me tell you what your responsibility is as saints. And uh, let me help you with it. You can be seated. Why do I need to grab a shovel? What, what are we doing here? What? You know what? When you come to the house of the Lord, you better show up with a shovel. All right. I'm going to help you with it. I'm going to help, I'm going to help somebody in the Holy Ghost. We got to show up with a shovel. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Life sometimes has a lot of dirt. Life can get dirty. Am I the only person that's ever been sick out of my mind? Am I the only person that's had financial difficulties? Am I the only person that's woken up on the wrong side of the bed? Now, I know, listen, I know I'm not preaching to those people that, that, that they got out of bed and, and, and some birds came over there and flew and did their hair for them and, and some chipmunks ran into the kitchen and made these perfect golden pancakes and they sat down and took a selfie with their chipmunks and then posted it on social media and everybody liked it. I like the photo. I'm happy for you. That's amazing. That's not me. My life has dirt sometimes. Talk, I'm, can I just be real? Life's not always easy. Sometimes life happens. And there's pain. And I don't, I'll be honest, I don't always have the answers for some of the dirt that gets thrown on me in my life during the week. I don't always have the answers for what happens when, in a week when, when, when crazy chaos breaks out and, and, and just in my, in my extended family. I, I, just, I don't always have the answer why, why dirt hits my life sometimes. Can I be real, Pastor Strader? I mean, maybe I shouldn't be so. I, 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 sometimes I show up to the house of the Lord, and I'm buried under dirt. Talk about it. Talk about it. Life's not always easy. But what I've learned, and my daddy taught me, you got to bring a shovel. 
if when you come to the house of the Lord and you need some fresh water, if you need some fresh living water, sometimes you got to dig it out. Life, life's not always perfect. Sometimes when you show up, you got to come with your shovel and know, if I just sit here, I'm not going to get the fresh water. i got to dig myself out of the dirt. It's not always easy. Sometimes i got to take the shovel and just... Oh, man, I wish to God that hadn't happened this week. I wish I didn't have to deal with that, but... wish my son hadn't done that stuff and wish my husband hadn't said that, but... I'm going to get to some fresh water while I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm going to get to some living water. I know it's not going to be easy always when you come. Sometimes when you come to the house of the Lord, if you want fresh living water, you might have to dig it out. Move me, preacher. Move. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. If you want something from God, it's here. But it may be the dirt that's been piled on you because of life that you need to grab a hold of the shovel and just start digging until you strike some living water. Can I talk to somebody? You may have to take a shovel to your prayer closet and start digging out some fresh living water in your home with your family for your children. It may not always be easy, but that's why you got the shovel you just keep digging keep digging until fresh living water starts flowing into your home starts flowing into your marriage starts flowing into your keep digging until the water starts flowing life's not always easy sometimes there's pain and there's suffering and I don't have the answers but I've learned how to dig There's fresh water under this dirt, Abraham said. And if I can get to this water, my children will be sustained. After Abraham died, he went to the well and he was sustained. But his daddy had to be willing to move some dirt so that his son could come to a well. Can I help somebody today? You've been battling a lot of things. You've been struggling with things you've been addicted to for a while. You've been struggling with just confrontation and relationships. And and you don't have the answers for everything. If you just keep digging, you'll hit water. If you'll keep digging in prayer, if you'll keep digging in the Word, if you'll dig some precious things out of the Word of God, you'll find some fresh living water that will bring into your family what they need. And God can repair the breaches. And God can repair the pain. And God will... You just need some fresh water and you can have it. But you got to start digging. Your children need you to dig. Your family needs you to dig out the water. They're too young. They don't know how to dig it out for themselves. You got to know how to dig. You got to know how to get some things out of your home that are dirt so that your children can have fresh living water. to dig some things out it's not always easy but Abraham said I have a promise and for my promise I have to be willing to start digging until I hit some fresh water 
I feel it in the Holy Ghost. When you come to the house of the Lord, you better know how to dig. When you go home and get in your prayer closet, if you don't have one, get one. You better know how to dig. When you get into the word of the Lord, you better know how to dig. And don't stop digging till you hit some fresh water. Until the rivers of living water come washing over your spirit. Don't stop digging digging in prayer until you feel a shift. Don't stop digging until your son and your daughter start feeling the fresh water sweep over them in your home and sweep over them in the house of the Lord. Don't don't stop digging until you feel in the water gushing and flowing. It's easy to look at the dirt and say, it's too much. It's too dirty. It's it's too hard. It's too much. I have to. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Abraham, he knew what he was doing. He said, said, I'm going to have a promise. But when my promise shows up, it better have something to be sustained by. Lighthouse and AJ, when your promise shows up, you better have spent some time with the shovel. It better have something to be sustained by, or it might die, or it might not show up at all. I'm not going to, I'm going to do my best not to be much longer. Genesis 26, 15, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged, the days of Abraham and his father, the Philistines, had stopped them and filled them with earth. Genesis 26, 18, and Isaac digged again the wells. I already said that, which his father had digged, but the Philistines stopped them up with earth. What is that? Dirt. I'm telling you. The enemy would love to cover your promise and cover what you've done in the spirit with a bunch of dirt and light. It would love to come along and shove a bunch of junk on your life. But that's when you need to know how to dig out of it. And Abraham and Isaac had learned from his father. So if you read Genesis chapter 26, Isaac had learned from his daddy how to move the dirt and how to get to fresh water. Isaac had learned from his daddy how to get to some fresh water. So he starts digging again the wells that his daddy had dug. You want to know why? You want to know why a lot of times pastor will draw lines? Let me tell you why. It's because there's some dirt that has been thrown on some spiritual father's wells. See, there's greater men of God and women of God that have come before me and have given their lives in prayer and fasting. They've given their lives in all of these things. And, and they, they, they've dug some things out in the spirit and then handed them to me. But, but the enemy's come along and thrown some things in. And that's why sometimes we got to get our shovel back out and make sure we clean the well out. I said, if your well's gotten a little dirty, tonight you can take a shovel and you can start digging the dirt back out and you can make the water fresh again and you can make the water clear again and you can get some fresh water if the well's gotten dirty you can grab a hold of a shovel and get the dirt out and have living fresh water again so Abraham why 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 
Why are you digging so many wells? Why? What, what's going on? Abraham said, I need a place for my son to come when I'm gone. Mm. <laughs> I hate to break the news to you. We're not always all going to be here. <laughs> you better have spent some time digging out some wells. Or when I pass off the scene, the next generation may not have a place to come to and be sustained. The promise that God's given you, though it showed up, if you didn't dig some wells, it may not be sustained. It may not live past your life. But Abraham said, I got a promise, so I got to get to work. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I feel the presence of the Lord right now. <laughs> see Isaac went to the well of the living God the living God when his daddy passed he went back to the place that his dad had taken to I'm sure many times though scripture does not tell us I'm sure many times that that was where he was at many many times and I, I, I want to end on, on this note I want to bring this back around to really really what I feel in my spirit about this story I know that this story and what I'm preaching is not original to me I'm not trying to be original I'm just trying to preach what God gave me just so you know alright I know it's not but I know it's what God wanted me to preach so follow me you see Abraham had spent so many years out there burning in the desert sun, digging well after well after well. 75 years in Genesis 12. He's 75 years old in Genesis 12, and he would receive his promise when he was 100 years old. That's 25 years in a desert digging wells. See, I didn't say the promise would be easy. God gave him a promise and left him, and, and Abraham picked up a shovel, but God didn't tell him to. Abraham was a friend of God. And see, you know of some things about your friends. And he knew, when he comes back, I better have prepared for my promise. Can I tell you in the Holy Ghost, when your promise comes to visit you, will you have been prepared? We got a promise, preacher. We're going to, God, I'm happy for you. And thank God, Abraham, you got a promise from God. But, but in that 25 years, what did you do before the promise showed up? What were you doing? Hey, I, I, listen to me. Not all the promises of God will just fulfill themselves. It doesn't work that way. Look at the children of Israel for 40 years wandering around the wilderness until they died. And that generation never saw the promise. Let me help you with it, baby. You better learn how to grab a hold of a shovel and start digging your way to your promise. Or the promise may not show up. See, I, I really could get up here and dance, dance, shout about. And I love doing that. You know me. I love it. But I cannot go beyond what God has given me for a lighthouse and Apache Junction. I can't go beyond it. I'm preaching to you and telling you, your promise has a need. And it needs you to grab a shovel and start digging and start digging and start digging until the promise shows up. I didn't say it would be easy. I, this is not for the faint of heart. This is for those that are determined and those that will endure until the end. This is for those that are willing to grab a hold. This is for people that said, I want the promise no matter what it's going to cost me. I want it. 
If God said I can have it, then I'm going to keep digging. I don't care if it's five years or 15 years or 20 years or 25 years, Abraham said. I'm going to stay out in this desert until God shows up with my promise. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient. There's a city waiting on this this church. You say, what do you mean a city? Let me tell you. Let me help you with it. It's going to take more than one well this size. I want you to throw my picture up there in the back. I know you're talking, but give me the picture. Give me the picture. But the Jerry Connor is right there in the center. Anybody know about Paul Connor? Pastor Paul Connor? This is his dad right here. This is the ground that Faith Tabernacle sits on right now. This is the ground. Those are the elders. And you know what that is that they're holding? What were they doing? Why? Why were they breaking ground? Build? Wrong. You want to know why? I love you, but let me help you with it. They weren't building a building. They were digging a well. Why do we need another bit? No, no, you don't get it. There's people that need to be able to come to a well of living water. But if we haven't dug the well of living water... How can they ever drink of a well we never dug? How can they drink of wells that we never dug? Anybody been to Faith Tabernacle? That's the ground right there. And that church seats about a thousand people, but it's not just that church. You see, that man, I bet, let me give you some quotes from pa- Bishop Barry Connor. I, I, PJ sent me his message, and I listened to it in tears and felt the power of the Holy Ghost as he began to preach his sermon in a building about this size to a congregation about this size. They have 15 daughter works in Mexico. They're their own department, youth department. They are thriving. They have four about to start a fifth daughter work in Tucson. They have a daughter work in North Carolina. And they have about 400 saints sitting in that building right now that they finished. Can I tell you about a a bishop that understand a vision and grabbed a hold of a shovel with some elders and said, Pastor, I don't know what it's going to cost me, but let's dig the well. I don't know how hard it's going to be, but let's dig the well. I want us to stand across this building. God, God's about to talk to somebody in the Holy Ghost. You need to hear this young preacher right now. Bishop Barry Jerry Connor said this in his sermon, and this was about, I don't know, was it 35 something years ago? He's passed and gone now, but there's a well there. Pastor Schrader, there's a well in Tucson, Arizona that was dug by elders and by Bishop Jerry Connor that his sons, his grandsons are drinking at today. Jerry Connor's off the scene and he died, but his sons and his granddaughters, his grandbabies, his great grandbabies, today they were at the well. 
stop being so small minded you need to open up your understanding in the Holy Ghost and when I want you to see 20 years from now when there's 10 daughter works around Phoenix that's Lighthouse Apostolic Church I want you to see 20 years from now when there's 15 daughter works around Phoenix I want you to see in the spirit when there's 400 and 500 and a thousand people that have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost when there's 2,000 across Phoenix that have been filled all because a bishop had a vision oh it, it was so big it was so big brother John I, I guarantee listen to what he said in his sermon this is a quote from brother bishop, bishop Jerry Connor he said when God was dealing with me about this talking about the building my mind kept telling me it can't be done but the Holy Ghost he said the Holy Ghost kept telling me it will be done oh can I talk to you in the Holy Ghost your flesh is looking at the vision and saying there's no way there's no way but I hear the Holy Ghost saying it will happen it will come to pass I just need some people to grab a shovel and start digging Faith Tabernacle, that building and all those people and all those daughter works, it wouldn't exist today if those men in that photo with their pastor wouldn't have grabbed a hold of a shovel and said whatever it's going to cost us pastor, whatever we have to do he didn't say it would be easy but thank God, thank God thank God, thank God he dug a well Thank God he gave all. Uh, his secretary, who's still there, was his secretary when I was at their church this last month, came up to me and said, Brother Sparks, you don't even know. You don't know the sacrifice that those elders made. The one over there over on this side is Brother Elder Weston. One on the other side is Brother Art Dunn. Other T.J. Garrett's right there. <laughs> she said, there was times they wouldn't eat because they didn't have money in the bank because they had given it all to dig a well. They lived off of coupons and cutouts so that they could dig a well. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody in the Holy Ghost, but in the spirit, God in my spirit has showed me 15, 20 years from now. But, but, but the Jerry Connor could have not built this. That great man of God, no matter how much he fasted and gave, he could not have built the 15 daughter works and, and the five daughter works. And, 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 oh, no, no, no. He couldn't have built this. He couldn't have dug that many wells by himself. But thank God there was some elders that said, you know what? Pastor, all that's in your heart, I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's not going to be good. 
I'm going to grab a shovel. I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell you one more story. I grew up in this. There's a, there's a building sitting on the corner of 198th and Farmington Road right outside of Portland, Oregon, one of the most perverse cities in America. It's sitting on a five, I think it's five-acre campus, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and, and God's doing great things there. Yes, he is. Thank God for that. But, but my grandpa King with some elders, my grandpa Sparks and my dad and my uncle and a bunch of Brother Brown and Brother Smith, I, I can name you all of these elders 26, 27 years ago. We were in a building just like this. Brother Smith, who was our sound man, I'll never forget this. I walked up to my pastor, my grandpa King. He said, I found this out years, years later. They didn't tell anybody. He walked up to him, wrote a check for every dollar he had in his bank account. He gave it to him. They lived in a modular home. We could have won and bought a beautiful house on the hill. And he said, whatever it's going to take to dig this well, Pastor, we're going to dig it. See, I know it got tight when I said that, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling anybody to do that. I'm telling you that there's some elders that made sacrifices for wells to exist. Now let me help you with what I know in the Spirit. Someone needs to hear me right now. Brother Smith died of cancer. He was a great man of God. I loved him. I think I told the story here last time, but let me help you with the whole story. I was driving home with my work van. Listen to me, Brother Strader. I was driving home with my work van. I turned around the corner, and God reminded me of the prayers of the elders. And I said, God, his sons were backslid. Brother Smith's sons were backslid. And I said, God, Brother Smith has passed, but you remember the prayers of Brother Smith and the sacrifice he made. It only was about five minutes, and his son called me, and I hadn't heard from his son in years. Didn't even know he had my number. And he said, i got to get back to church, Derry. That Sunday, but the Smith's dead and gone, but that Sunday, his son comes back to the well of the living God that his dad dug. It's more than money. It's more than possession. There may become a day that I'm not here, but if I've dug a well... Maybe my sons and daughters and your sons and daughters can come back to a well when I pass off the scene. There's a place they can come to when they're addicted to cocaine and addicted to alcohol and addicted. They can come and find deliverance. And he did. He came and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost again. And he got his life right again. All because his dad paid a price. If the well wasn't there, then he could not have come. one of the most giving churches that I know forget about that shovel you're one of the most giving churches I know I'm not trying to do anything outside of the Holy Ghost right now all I'm saying is if you got five dollars fine maybe you know how to wire a light in maybe you know how maybe you know how to fast and you can pray and you can
whenever I close this building, I have a promise, so I love that we have a promise. But your promise has a need. It needs you to grab a hold of a shovel. Like those great men that God did with Bishop Jerry Connor. And I can see in the Holy Ghost 15, 20 years from now, the wells across Apache Junction, the wells across Phoenix, where there's a plethora of saints that are gathered, filled with the Spirit of God. Cut up. <laughs> I know it's not always easy. The price is high sometimes, but the promise is worth the price. And I'm not just talking about money. No, 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 no. Forget about the money. I'm talking about people that are willing to lay their lives down to pay the price so that the next generation. What about the souls across Apache Junction? What about... feel such a burden in the spirit what about the countless faces that are waiting for a fresh well to come to their neighborhood that are waiting for someone to dig some water out I just feel a burden in my spirit that won't let me go cut up my head yeah I want to open these altars for anybody that's hungry anybody that wants to dig a well anybody that says God whatever you want me to do I'll do it I'll I'll pay the price whatever I have to do my life is yours. Is anybody going to grab a hold of the shovel in the spirit with your pastor and say everything that's in your heart? Let's do it. Let's not wait. There's souls that need to be saved now. There's cities that there's communities that have yet to hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's homes with people that are hungry that are waiting for someone to dig a well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.